the famous words, folks. Another Tuesday, another pod, and I got Jack in the stew. In the First stew. time together in two weeks after last week's uh, pre-recorded episode. Yes, sir. Good to see Feels you like ages. Feels like ages since then the Lions have won two games. Life is so good. So good. <laughs> Life Can't is so complain. good. And uh, going to be a good pod today. Going to be covering all things NLDS, of course. An absolute thrilling series. Going to have Dallas Allen join us. Some yep. overreactions from Jack and I. A little bit. A little new segment we're kind of troubleshooting. Uh, a lot of new segments we want to try for you guys. So we're going to go into some overreactions today. Talk about the retirement of Shima and, of course, the comment of the week. Without further ado, this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. Jack, we will have a new champ in 2023. Yeah, Can you it's it? about time. About time, man. We're, we're due for uh, we're due for someone new on the throne. We are due for someone new. Um, I wouldn't say that I saw it coming though, as you guys saw in our predictions a couple weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> None of us got <laughs> all it right. three of us got it wrong. Well, how can which, you pick which against makes, Jimmy? Which I know, but which makes us look so bad because the whole reason we did that was because didn't last year we end up didn't we end up not picking both of the teams that made yeah, it to the World Series. Much. It almost seems rigged because none of us picked the D-backs, yeah. but I didn't. I no, dated it. Eagles. You guys saw none the date on top. Eagles. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, you can't pick <laughs> against Jimmy Norton in the playoffs. You just can't based on what we've seen. No. That was Jimmy's first postseason loss as, like, the Diamondbacks manager. He was drafted in 2020, debuted that year, was sort of a role player at first, and then as the year went on, got more and more and more involved. Mm-hmm. But his first kind of year as Jimmy Norp, like, star player of the D-backs, manager of the team, was 2021. And he had not lost a postseason series since then. So this was That's his first unreal. ever postseason loss as the Norp, as we know him. You know, wow. And uh, so, yeah, how do you pick against him? It's like picking against Brady. Yeah, in the you playoffs can't. You'd Brady be a was fool. quarterback. Yeah, you'd, you'd be, be a fool. fool. It's just you can't bet on that happening. But Eagles capitalized. I wouldn't say Norp had his best day. And uh, what, what a way to start. <laughs> I mean, what a way to start. I know. I mean, the Eagles. They really, I, th- I feel like, just came out. Um, I mean, we can get into the games like individually, yeah. but I think just throughout the series were were very consistent and um didn't make you know didn't necessarily make like a bunch of incredible plays but they were just overall you know the more consistent team and made a couple more plays when they needed to yeah when uh when the word got around the league amongst players who weren't at the game that the D-backs had lost everyone was like what happened how did it go down and I was like it's hard to describe it wasn't like there was some big moments late in games that decided this one it was more so teams took the lead early and then it was a pitcher's duel the rest of the way yeah and the way that the way that teams took the lead wasn't from some big clutch home run it was like a scrappy run that was manufactured one way or another whether it was sloppy defense or a RBI single, a bases loaded walk, like the things just happened. And all of a sudden you look at the scoreboard and there was a team that was out front and then it just stayed that way. It was very weird and just uh, a, very much so a duel, but it almost felt like uh, it didn't have the typical MLW endings we're used to seeing in the playoffs. So it was weird. Yeah, there was nothing describe. like super crazy. Yeah. But um, a good close series nonetheless. And it reminded me a lot of postseason baseball, to be honest. I mean, there were, there were, there were chances for fireworks, you know, like in, in game sure. one. I mean, the way game one ended was with Jimmy mm-hmm. popping up. Yep. And that's like, I mean, you look back on I it know. and it's just crazy because so he, he's he's hit that same pitch for a home run so many times and that would have done it. 
Yeah, that uh, that game one finale was awesome. So the Eagles scored in the second inning in game one. It was a land and sack fly and foul territory that got the run in just barely. Jonas' throw was a little bit wild. And then Dallas hit a homer in the second to make it 2-0. And that was the score heading to the third. Yeah. But we've seen this before. Last year in the World Series in game two, it was the Cobras up by two against the D-backs. And Norp was at the plate. And what happened in that situation? Walk off the run shot. Yep. So Dallas could have walked Jimmy to load the bases. That would have been pretty bold. Yeah. I mean, but given with how clutch he's been, I got a lot of respect for Dallas for going at him like that. Oh, I agree. I think, um, I mean, it's like, why not take the opportunity to slay the it's just the, tough though, slay dude. the dragon or I slay know, the, like, the king? You know what I mean? Anyone who's like, tried in the past has wound up dead. But so. you got it. I don't know. I, I, I was happy to see Dallas do that. Um, I think, yeah, you want to win knowing, you know, I, I defeated this person. Not right. I, I avoided him. Right. You know what I mean? And I think Jimmy's the same way. For like, sure. He, want, he wanted, he wouldn't want to just be walked, obviously. No. Um, but I'm sure it crossed, I mean, it crossed everybody's mind. The Eagles had a discussion about it. Kyle showed the clip of Dallas Definitely. saying, I'm going to go, I'm going to go at him. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy just missed it. It would have won the game. So moments there. like that. It was there for sure. It was there. But I, I have a lot of respect for Dallas for going at him. And uh big momentum win for sure. You know, I know the Eagles led that series last year, and then they had the shocking comeback. But to see him come out there and win the first game, it was like, all right, maybe Huge. they might do it this year. Shut them out, too. Yeah, um, sure. Very, very good performance. Phenomenal performance. Um, Dallas pitched great. Seemed very level-headed. You could tell. He had a home run, too, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. It, was a, it was a great performance. I mean, he led the squad there. True leader. I think the uh, the experience from last year definitely showed. They seemed a lot more cool, calm, and collected. The vibe at the Meadows as a whole, I think, felt more like regular season and less like playoffs. I think because, you know, we're going to a cool venue and doing this cool thing, but that was the same case as last year. So, like, last year the intensity was so crazy, but now those two teams both have experience playing for something really big like that. So, I think yeah, know, people are more... And I think it helped. To it. I think it helped the Eagles, um, just like it helps, you know, most teams kind of playing playing as the underdog, right? Mm-hmm. Like playing with, uh, with, you know, the, the crowd, the fans, not really having the expectations for you to win. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not, you're going out there with, with really nothing to lose versus last year. They had such a hot start to the season mm-hmm. and we're getting so, you know, I mean, you could say overhyped, I guess with, yeah. with how it ended. And I feel like they just, they, they felt like they, um, needed to perform at like a certain level and and weren't hitting it, but they kind of came into the series and it seemed like they were just going to be themselves. You know, they were going to be loose. Yeah. And uh, Dallas, you know, obviously seemed confident and huge start for them to get that game one win. They did, and I think I talked to Jim and or not not Jim. I, t- I talked to Dan. I think beforehand, it may have been at the Cobras Predators series. I don't remember, but he talked to me and I asked him how he felt, and he's like he he said he felt confident going into it that he mm-hmm. thought they could do it. And Jim sat in this chair back on that podcast we uploaded last week and said how he felt the pressure and all the stuff from the fans about how they're expected to win these games, you know? Yeah. So I think that takes a toll. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you could um, you could almost see it at times, conversely, in in the video where the, the Diamondbacks, like, you could tell that they just have, not, they have high expectations of themselves too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all almost just like, you know, yeah, the, the 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 fans, everyone, we expected them to win. Like you, you can't not. You They're can't just, not. Jimmy's been so, so good, and so was the rest of their team. Jonah, Shima, they've all been there before. Yeah, and it seems like they always find a way. 
but that wasn't the case in game one. It wasn't that case in the series. But moving into game two a little bit, um, we saw da- we saw Blade Walker immediately take them out and start warming up after that first game. So I wonder if that was a predetermined move or not. We're going to have Dallas Allen on in a little bit, and I want to ask him that exact question. When he yeah. takes them out and starts getting loose, and uh, that's bold. You know, you could have put Dallas out there to win the series, and he was pitching very good. Instead, they go to Blade, they go to the number two, a guy who's never pitched in the playoffs, a guy who's brand new to pitching. They put him out there, and in the first inning, gets out of a huge jam. Loads him up. Yeah, loads him up, and then strikes out two. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I think that gave him a ton of confidence, and I was just impressed. I'm interested to see what um, Dallas has to say about that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be really shocked if he said that Blade was going to start regardless of the outcome in it's game so one. hard to do I, that I, it would i would be really shocked but also um if that is the case impressed with with dan's confidence in in blade mm-hmm. um i think he's definitely earned it you know he, he's shown that he's very capable on the mound but just against such a veteran team like yeah. the diamondbacks you know you wouldn't think that um they would really struggle with his type of pitching his type of stuff because it's not like he has a ton of ton of stuff in his arsenal mm-hmm. um you know pretty pretty like we've compared you know nick sailor um kind of that just like second pitcher off speed kind of guy um not a ton of movement but like tries to locate i mean hats off to blade for being able to even though they lost the game it's like he, he still only let up one run yeah he pitched very well and um a couple things about that number one is i wonder if me talking about it or Jimmy doing it last year where he went to Jonah against us in that NLCS mm. inspired that move at all. Also, the Eagles lost the series last year where they kind of tried to go with Dallas the whole time. Didn't work out for him. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that factored into the decision. I'm also shocked that because of the same reasons that Jimmy didn't go to flood here. I know yeah. it'd be hard to go to flood. I, I wonder if the D-backs had won the first game if Trey would have got the shot. Yeah, but Trey pitched very good this year. He started the All Star game, in his opportunities he was great. He shut out the D or he shut out the Eagles rather mm-hmm. uh, in Detroit in that second game. So um, I'm sure he was maybe frustrated. I don't know if him and Jimmy had a conversation about it, but it would be tough to go to fly. I think when you're down one zero versus up one zero, but still, given that information, I'm surprised Jimmy didn't. Uh, after seeing Blade go out, I'm surprised Jimmy didn't give it a shot with Trey. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um... But that's that's a good point there. My my thought process for a guy like Jimmy is like just being the face of that team, mm-hmm. and like your team starts you know down a game in the series. Yeah, kind of hard to hand it over. It very much, um, very much so. Because even even if they did lose that game too, I guess in in Jimmy's mind, you know, it was he could own that. You know what I mean? Versus like throwing Trey out there and. Let's say, you know, Trey wasn't able to get mm-hmm. the job done. And then and then I think we would look back on that and be like, hey, what were I was you just thinking there? You know what I mean? So If you get eliminated with Jimmy Norp on the bench, it's like, what was yeah, the thought process? Exactly. But if Trey goes out there and wins it, you look like a genius. Right. right. So it can definitely bite you in the butt. But I, talking about it with you for two minutes now, I think you're probably right. You can't go home with Norp on the bench. Yeah, it'd be tough. But it's it'd just tough. That's tough. why winning game one is so crucial. It right. really is in, in a three-game series. Right, and I do think that probably played a factor in the Eagles uh, starting to get better and better against Norp. The more they saw him inning after inning in this series, I made a note here. I guess the D-backs won the game one nothing. 
they scored on a weird fielder's choice play where Dan went to second to get the force, and then Jimmy came in and scored. So once again, kind of an awkward scoring play, not your traditional home run or RBI right. hit. And um, anyway, they hold on to that one nothing win. But Jimmy Norp, the complete game shutout, only three strikeouts. That's so uncommon in yeah, this league. Crazy. Usually it's like strikeout <laughs> or walk, strikeout or walk. We usually, I'd say, see an average from our aces between 7 and 9Ks in the wins. Mm-hmm. Usually I'd say it's like 7 or 8. That's mm-hmm. typical. Nine's a little bit more rare. But three strikeouts only. Other than that, there was two ground outs, two pop slash fly outs, and then one was an outfield assist where I think Dallas was caught running home. I don't know, nice play from Shima and left. So, oh, that, so was a gr- that was a great play. Great play. Bang, yeah. bang at the plate, too. Bang, bang at the plate. We got it right, thank goodness. But it was a tough one to review. And had to go to New York on that one. Had to go to New York, and even New York <laughs> was having trouble. But um, we in, in post-production, we do believe we got it right. So that's always good to see in the playoffs. But it's just crazy that the Eagles put the ball in play that much. So conversely, we you know we talked about game one and how Jimmy was you know inches away from some fireworks there in his last pop out, and then you look at those stats and see that the D backs won mm-hmm. one nothing with Jimmy only having three strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, they were they were putting the ball in play too. You yeah, know, that's they, how good the D backs defense is. Too. They were there. That speaks to the defense for and, sure. And the D backs were there, but just how close this series really was and how, you know, quote, game of the inches, game of inches, it really is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. That's a tough one for Dan. I'm sure, you know, you think you want to get an out here, seeing yeah. the run come across. Every run that crosses that plate in the playoffs, it stinks. It hurts mm-hmm. It hurts a little bit different, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you know just how tough it is, and out after out, being down is never fun. But I'm sure it stung a little less with, that being, with them being up one in the series, but... Right. Be back to what they needed to do. They get the job done. They win game two and send it to a winner take all, which we always love to see on this channel. Love it. Nothing better than some some winner take all wiffle ball. Love it. I got some say. free wiffle ball. They didn't have to give it to us, no. but they did. <laughs> That's right. We got it. We got what we wanted. Script was in play. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so we got the the clash of the Titans. Kamish really, really wrote this one up well. Yeah, wrote it up real well. <laughs> um so game three. Dallas goes back out there. Jimmy goes back out there again for a third time, going for innings seven, eight, and nine on the day, which is uncommon, you know, because yeah. regular season, we don't do that. Yeah. But playoffs, kind of like you said, just having a chance to put your best out there, it's kind of why we have that playoff rule. Right. I, I like it. I like um, it. Creates that big game atmosphere a little bit more versus having to play, pitch Trey in this game would have been a little bit less of a cool stage. But I agree. Anyways, so Jim goes out there, and what do the Eagles do? They just start putting it in play what they do best mm-hmm. um top of the first they get two runs and it's dan it's dirty dan he's surging right now so happy for dan he put man. a lot of bat on ball he, he almost did. had a couple home runs he didn't he get was, rewarded at all but he popped a few up that were just shy of the fence and you could tell he he knew it too like you could tell he was getting frustrated because he knew he was all over it all day but dan's a guy he's always all over it though like yeah. every swing he takes first of all is a total home run swing but yeah. he <laughs> Whether it's a swing or a miss, swing and a miss or a foul ball, he was like, oh, like he lets out a grunt, like, man, I should have homered on that pitch every time he does that. And it cracks yeah. me up. It's scary as a pitcher when I used to pitch to him. <laughs> but yeah, so they get two runs in the first, two nothing lead for the Eagles. And then Dallas goes back to work. Yeah. And uh, Dallas, on the contrary from the previous year when he started to struggle and then it all fell apart for him, this time it never got to that. He kind of no. was in cruise control all day long. Never had to face too much adversity on the mound. Yes, he had some tough at-bats, of course. Every at-bat's tough in the playoffs. Right. But it was never like, oh, God, if I walk this guy or if I give up this hit in this situation, it's over. No, he was pretty commanding. Advantage. Yeah, for sure. He was pretty he commanding dominated. the whole time, which is impressive. Um, you know, I mean, 
we'll get into the some of the stats a little bit later, but mm-hmm. to do that against the Diamondbacks with Jimmy, um, Jonah, you know, Shima's had his hitting moments, obviously there. Absolutely. Pitchka's been been rock solid for he them was this year. Arguably their best hitter in the series. Yeah. So I mean that it it was uh very impressive all around what Dallas was able to do mm-hmm. in the whole series, but especially in that game three with, yeah. with it all on the line, it's all on the line, all on the line, man. And a and chance he, to he, knock off the champs too. He stared right into the eyes of the champ. <laughs> he did. And just locked him down. So I mean, playing, I mean, credit to him. playing the D backs in the playoffs. You ever seen that meme where it's, I don't even know what it's from, but I think it's some sort of anime thing, but it's like the, the guy and he's like staring up at a mountain and it's like this giant creature. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it's yeah. like. That's what it's like. And it's so tough and it seems like the impossible mm-hmm. beating Norp in the playoffs. And, and they did it. And uh, this is Dallas's stat line from the day. You threw six innings, including game one and game two. Only two hits in those two games combined. One earned run, five walks, 13 Ks. So that's, I mean, in a postseason series against the D-backs, that's about as much as you can ask for from your pitcher. Yeah, and he went two for seven with a home run, too. Yeah, he did it all. That's, I mean, yeah, putting the team on his back there. I mean, it took all of them. It did take all of them. Because well, they, they're all scrappy. They that lineup is dangerous from top to bottom in terms of just putting balls in play and putting pressures on the defense. If the D-backs defense wasn't as solid as it is, mm-hmm. the series could have been much more lopsided, I think. Oh, yeah. But there was a play, there was a comment about it um, where it was in the first game, I think, and the Eagles had guys on, and somebody hit a shot the middle, and Jimmy just snared it with oh, one it hand. Was, it was like not talked about. The comments said too, like nobody acknowledged it. Because we've seen him do it a million but times, just, but it's still like incredible. That, like nobody else is making that play besides no, Morp. No. And even then, it just wasn't enough just because of how good Dallas was and how scrappy that offense was all day long. If my memory serves me correct, I think it was only uh, three strikeouts again in that third game for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Everything else was out via pop out, ground out, that kind of thing. So. Only yeah. six strikeouts and six innings there for Jimmy. That's so rare in this sport from an ace. It's t- Yeah, it is. It's very rare. But I, it's just, again, very, very well-rounded performance by the Eagles. I yeah. mean, they did. They they got the hits when they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't make any crucial mistakes. Uh, really just, just like we've talked about before, executed they a did. couple more times than the Diamondbacks did, and it was enough. Yeah, a couple... I mean, I, Big pitches, big hits. I mean, for Jimmy to not get a hit I know. in the series you is like... You hate to see it. You, you, as, a, as a fan of the league, you hate to see that. You, you, you hate do. to see that, but it's also um, like almost unpredictable. You couldn't have predicted that. Yeah. You know what I mean? To do that is... is it, it probably hasn't been done before. It hasn't been done before. I would go... I'll go... I Without looking at the <laughs> stats, I think it has not been done before yeah. in a playoff series. We do our best to dig up some stats from time to time, but the archives aren't quite as deep as <laughs> NFL, for example, or the MLB. But, yeah, I don't think that's ever happened in a playoff series for Jimmy Norp. Um, I will say, though, to his credit, he only struck out four times. So we did put the ball in play four times, but all four were recorded outs. Yeah. He mentioned to me how his approach was to try to take that Dallas Allen drop ball to the right side of the infield, which he did pretty successfully. But Zach Whalen was just a vacuum over there, dude. <laughs> he was. He was sucking him up and getting him out at first. And uh, 0 for 8 was the total. He was the only hitless D-back in the series. I think Pish had two and then one each for Jonah and Shima. Yeah, the Eagles just with, uh, yeah, like Zach Whalen's another guy, man. I just feel like he's been around for so long. Dude, he's money. Like, he's so good. But he's been so player. consistent. And he know, yeah, he knows his role. Um, he's he's a, you know, a lefty bat up there, which gives him a little bit different look at the plate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just makes the the Eagles. They have such a good balance of of the young players and the veterans, and they just uh, 
very impressive. Yeah. Overall. I agree. I agree. Zach is so good. He's one of those guys I think that benefits from only playing MLW wiffle ball. Like he doesn't really play much at tournaments or other styles. Yeah. He's pretty much only seen pitches at the Meadows from the left side of that batter's box. And he's yeah. just money. He's so hard to get a ball past. So uh, I was impressed. This was only the second D-back series loss of the year. It was just a sweep to the Mallards. They won every other series. They dominated the Eagles early. But I told you guys on, like, when we recorded that podcast prior to the playoffs that we kind of had to throw it out the window. The Eagles team we saw in the second half was totally different yes. than the first half. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to speak specifically on uh, Landon Urgaitis. So he was out early with that toe injury. He had surgery in the offseason. Started off 4-5 and five without him. They've been 6-3 and three ever since. Hmm. I mean, I don't difference know. maker for sure. Not saying correlate correlation equals causation, but or whatever that remains to be seen. The statistics term is, but I uh, I think he's been a big difference in just turning that lineup over. He's pretty money in that four spot. They have, Definitely. in my opinion, they have the best role players. That's a bold statement. I will say that because I think I have some decent role players. The D backs, of course, have very good role players, but guys like Waylon, your Gaitis, I think are. I mean, even Dan now. It's kind of like Dallas and everybody else. Yeah, but. They're all just tough outs at the plate, which is yeah. exactly what, exactly what you need in this four man lineup era. That's what that's what um that's kind of where my mind goes when I'm thinking of them as like well rounded. Like you look at a team like for example the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, they're a great great hitting team, and you you look at all of them, and all of them can hit home runs at any given time. Like especially the their first three, right? Like Kyle Sailor Jackson. Like, man, those are some aggressive hitters. And then you look at the Eagles, and you don't necessarily get as intimidated by them, but they're still just so consistent. Like, they're so evenly consistent throughout their whole lineup. And like you mentioned, with Landon being able to to turn it over more and give um, Dallas, I would imagine, probably has their, their highest average on their team. Maybe yeah. even Waylon. But Dallas has been give him more opportunities, you mm-hmm. know. It's huge. Yeah. Enough said. Enough said. Uh, they earned it, um, and I do think that on that given day, the better team won. I mean, the Eagles. It was right. It was bang bang right there. But I think the Eagles have had the better second half than the D backs. They've been the hottest team, I would say, going into this postseason. Kind of them and the Preds. Preds yeah. on the AL, Eagles on the NL side, and um, I, they deserved it. I was happy for them. Once again, it's tough to see the D backs lose. I think a lot of fans fall in love with watching Jimmy play in the playoffs. A lot of people want probably wanted to see him in Atlanta, but. Mm-hmm. It's exciting, and we talk about the parity so much in this league, but yet Jimmy always found a way. Well, wasn't the case this year. Yeah, I mean, are we bad? Are we bad wiffle ball analysts for not any of us picking the Eagles? I don't think so, Jack. I'm trying to get Dallas on the call here, but I don't think so. Like I said, it's you'd be a bad analyst to pick against Norp in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I truly, you can't predict that to happen yeah but you just said you were like they were the hottest team coming in you yeah, felt like they were the better team look at the d-backs last year the d-backs were five and ten and then still went on to win the whole thing it's like how do you pick against that That's guy true. or those guys i should say that is true so i knew it would be close i said it would be close i think my my prediction overall was pretty good mm-hmm. besides the winner you know i said it would be closer than you guys think it would be i knew they were hot i said landon would be a big factor and i kind of called daniel and pish the x factors i thought pish contributed a lot like i said he had the most hits on the D-backs, only two, but mm-hmm. the most in the squad. And Dan had a couple RBIs in that deciding game. So I feel like my analysis was actually pretty good. I just thought the D-backs would finish on top and not yep. the Eagles. Yep. But overall, I was happy with my with my analysis. Good, good. Because I right, watched good. it back recently when I edited it. So 
But let's get Dallas in here right now. And Jack, before we get into it with Dallas, I want to ask you real quick as he loads into this call, a um, little new segment here we want to test out, some overreactions in MLW. Mm-hmm. Watching this series and thinking about what's ahead for everybody, what's an overreaction you think that you have moving forward? Um, overreaction, I would say the Diamondbacks dynasty is officially over. Um, wow. Not because they lost this series, but because they lost their guy Shima yeah. in retirement. Definitely um, the end of an era. These guys have been the trio of uh, Norp, Heath, and Shima. They've been around, you know, since the Diamondbacks have had success. Um, we've talked about their chemistry and their defense so often on this podcast. Uh, I think it, it, like, obviously an overreaction, but I do think replacing Shima and overall just how he gels with that squad is going to be very challenging for the Mm -hmm. Diamondbacks. And I think it will um, take some getting used to and they'll, they'll kind of have to reframe, you know, how their, how their team gels, how their team connects. Yeah, I agree. Whether it's a dynasty or not, you got to say it's the end of an era. Yeah. And we'll talk about Shima when Dallas is off the phone, but uh, I I agree. That's a bit of an overreaction, but (laughs) I mean, Hey, they lost. We didn't think we'd see it. That's true. Did. It was hard. I mean, Jimmy said that he thought they would win this whole thing. I think a lot of people at home did too, despite the records. You throw all that out in the playoffs. You throw it MLW, out. You, you got to throw, the throw it box. out. And it's tough to bet against Jim. So uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say people. Other people aren't thinking the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. man, is this it? Like a three P really solidifies you, like as a dynasty. Yeah. Two is still really good, especially in this league. But three would have been the really the benchmark to be cemented in history forever and ever and ever. So. It fell short. You got to give credit to the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, on, I'll give them the Diamondbacks credit. I think two in a row in modern MLW. Mm-hmm. It's qual- kind of qualifies as insane. a dynasty. Insane. Um, but until someone else bests it. Yeah. I think uh, if I had to overreact to something, I think it'd be along those same lines, just saying that uh, maybe Jimmy's peaked at the plate. He's peaked? I don't know. He didn't have as good of a year as he had in the past. Yeah. It really stuck out in this what series was, going 0 his, for 8. Uh, what was his average? I don't know what his final numbers were, but I know his average wasn't as high as before. Uh, he mentioned that to me uh, before the playoffs started. Oh, I think he, in our final series, was joking with me because I had more home runs than him mm-hmm. in the in on the year, which mm-hmm. is pretty incredible. So, I don't know. We've seen a lot of young talent come into this league and succeed. We've also seen some guys that are older succeed, like Jordan and Grant. So has Jim peaked? Uh, I'm going to say if I had to overreact, yeah, I think maybe he has. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, guys. But uh, I just think that he has, the quality of at-bats that I saw from him in this series were shockingly not as good, I think, as what I saw in the past. I saw Jimmy striking out this year on a lot of pitches that were very similar. I think he knows it's his weakness, but the inside screw drop, inside two-seam, inside drop ball thing, mm. really he struggled with this year. That's not like him to not adjust. Yeah. I noticed that as a pattern. So that's kind of the reason why I'm saying I think maybe he has peaked at the plate. But um, hard to bet against Jimmy Norp, so we'll see. Can't wait for him to prove you wrong. He probably will. He'll be <laughs> laughing when he knocks me out of the playoffs. And then you're going to have to buy somewhere. a Get Norp shirt. I'm never going to buy those <laughs> shirts. <laughs> but I do support him. And you guys should buy it if you're a Norp fan. But enough talk about the D-backs. Enough talk about the Dynasty ending. Now we got the man who's ended it all. And his name is Dallas Allen. 
Dallas, how are we feeling? You're the big man on campus right now. Oh, Tom, I'm, I'm over the world right now. I feel amazing, especially when that series came out. It was really fun to watch it. In Pennsylvania, I mean, we had Fan Fest right there, and I, I clicked on that video right away. I'm so <laughs> excited to watch it. Did you interrupt the Fan Fest just to sit down and watch your own video? Well, luckily, Fan Fest didn't start till 4.15, so I was kind of, like, skipping through each play, like, kind of oh, where I knew, like, good things skip. would happen. You wanted to see the good, the good moments. Would you say, Dallas, that that series win was the highlight of your career so far? Uh, yeah, for sure, especially since that's my first playoff series win. I've came up short um, in 2021 and 2022, both times in the NLDS. So making the NLCS was a very big goal in mind for my 2023 season. Yeah, absolutely. It's impressive. Dallas, I believe that was also your first ever series win over the D-backs in the Norp as the captain, Dallas Allen being drafted era, so 2021 and on. Uh, I believe they beat you in the one and only meeting in 2021, and they beat you guys twice last year, both late in the regular season, and then again in the playoffs. This year they took it to you guys in Detroit, so this is your fifth try, and uh, it was the charm apparently, but congratulations. Fifth time's a charm. Fifth time's a charm (laughs) for the Eagles in Dallas. What what does that feel like for you after – like Tommy just mentioned, all, trying against these guys and, and failing over and over again to beat them to finally break through. Uh, it's such a big series in the playoffs. Like, what did that feel like post game? I'll say, like, the first couple of series, except for series when we got swept, like, I felt like we were so close, like, to getting them. And then we go to Detroit and we just get absolutely destroyed by them. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, are we ever going to beat these guys? But I did have a little bit of, like, confidence coming into the series, like, because I wanted to beat them so bad. Like, it just it just sucks when you when you play a team and you feel like you can't beat them. I just wanted to beat them so bad, and it felt so good to do that. That's the NORP effect. Did that, like, coming down from that, is that almost like a World Series of its own? Like, when you accomplish that, it's probably hard to refocus, like, all right, another series now, because that's, like, the mountain. Beating Jimmy has been the benchmark, and you guys did it. Stole my yeah, thunder. I, I wanted to do it, I, but... What I kind of, sorry, what I kind of compare that to is Michigan beating Ohio State in 2021. Like it had been so long since they did it, and it was finally like a sigh of relief to finally get that win. It's kind of what I compare it to. So yeah, I did kind of feel like our World Series there, but obviously the job is not done yet. Not done yet. Not done yet. You got a tough matchup in your next series. Probably the best team in the league by far. You got to play. So uh, I will say though, I don't want to hijack this interview, but I realized Jack that I think this may have been a good thing for us because I realized that I'm not an ego guy. I swear I'm not. Mm-hmm. I consider myself to be very level-headed and probably one of the more mature guys in the league in that regard. That's what but, every guy with an ego says. Okay, no, well, <laughs> well, well, listen, this this proved it to me. I realized that I was at fault because when I was like driving home from the Meadows that day, I felt a sense of disappointment. Like, God, I wanted to be the guy to beat Norp. Oh, wow. And I realized, like, that's a problem. Yeah, that and is I shouldn't a have felt like that. He's at so all. far in your head. Yeah, he was definitely so living rent free yeah, in my head. It's like 100%. Real estate so planted. I, I realized then, like, as time passed, 24 hours, 48 hours after the series had finished up in real time, I was like, you know what? I think this is good for us because I can't go out there being an egomaniac trying to no. beat this guy. Yeah. So. Dallas, thank you. I think you may have helped me. <laughs> You're welcome, Dom. Look at that. People helping people. People um, helping people. Dallas, you mentioned you mentioned like feeling confident going into this series. Do you think that was different this series compared to, let's say, last year's uh, playoff series, just going into it, kind of like your attitude or feeling overall in the Eagles locker room? 
Yeah, last year last year was a little different because we started out so hot and then kind of fell off. And I was still pretty confident going into that series, but ever ever after that game two inning one, it just every all my confidence fell apart. Especially even heading into this twenty twenty three season. But the fact this year is that we were hot coming into this D back series. We D-box. we'd uh, swept the Cobras, beat the Gators, beat the Wildcats, like. We'd won three series straight, so I did have a lot of confidence I could throw strikes and put the bat on the ball. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, what do you think the difference was in sort of the two different tales that this Eagles season has been? As you mentioned, it was ugly at first, but now you've won three straight. Can you sort of pinpoint, you think, what the shift in energy was or what the turning point was for you guys? Yeah, obviously the one and five start was way less than ideal than what we wanted, but we were kind of texting the group chat after that, after that deep Diamondbacks game at Wayne State. We were kind of like, you know what? The D-backs last year started uh, – what did they start? They started 2-7 and seven last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, we can do the same. Like, we can do exactly what they did. All we have to do is bounce back and win a couple series and make our way into the playoffs, not even for the one seed. But like like you said earlier in the podcast, the it's uh, records are 0-0 zero, zero when you get to the playoffs. Yeah. Nothing oh, yeah. nothing before matters as long as you get there. So that yeah. kind of helped us, especially with the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Um we we've seen you guys kind of try to solidify a second arm on your team this year. Blades sort of stepped up as that guy. Uh Tommy and I were kind of talking about this earlier on the podcast and we wanted to ask you if um if you know whether or not that decision to go with Blade in Game 2 was a predetermined one, or was that something that was determined after the outcome of Game 1? You know, you guys had already won, and so was Dan more willing to put him out then, or do you think if you if you guys lost Game 1 that you probably would have went back out Game 2? So a lot of what our pitching determines on is how beat up the ball is. So Blade is more used to that game two ball after game one when it's more beat up. I'm I'm a lot better and a lot more consistent with the new ball, which is game one and game three. So I would say yes that it was predetermined that Blade was going to start game two no matter the outcome of game wow. one. Mm. One one it um obviously the ball is going to get more beat up after game one, but two we've seen in the past that guys obviously it's worked for multiple teams like riding the same guy out for three games, but sometimes letting the hitters get a different look and a different arm kind of can, like, some guys will see somebody really well, but then you bring a different guy in, and then it's a whole different arm slot and a whole different arsenal. So it's kind of just to give another guy a look, plus we want to put the guy who's going to throw the most, most strikes out there. That would have been bold. Yeah. If, that would have been bold. It would have. would have did that. But um, And do you know... Dallas, do you think the D-backs would have pitched Flood if they had won the first game instead of you guys? Um, Good question. I mean, I don't know what, how Jimmy feels about like putting Trey out there. I don't, I don't know how much he trusts them. Obviously, Trey was the um, all-star game starter for the National League, so I'm sure um, Jimmy did have trust in Trey. But I could see so. I feel like Jimmy didn't want to put Trey out there and – say they lose that game as well and he's not he's looking back and saying oh man i should have pitched game two because i have more confidence in myself i'm sure he has tons of confidence in trade don't get me wrong but i think jimmy would want to would want to get the job done if he had to okay he had the chance yeah i will say uh i think the blade thing definitely helped you guys you looked untouchable in that third game and i think a lot of it was because of the d-back seeing a different look 
I know I've talked about it pretty openly how I think switching the looks as a manager, putting out their different arms in, in a big series like this, I think can really help change the, the hitters' eye levels. And totally. Advantage. So um, I, I'm preparing my guys for this series to see both Dallas and Blade. I, th- I, I said in the group chat, I was like, be ready for Blade game two, probably no matter what. If we beat them, it'll probably be Blade. If we lose, it'll probably be Blade. Yeah. Either way. So yeah. I, I got everybody prepared watching both Dallas Allen film and Blade Walker film. That's good prep. So good prep. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready for you, Dal. Um, you doing too good a job, Tom. <laughs> doing the best to do my job. And uh, what do you think the keys are to this series? I mean, what do you think of us as an opponent? You guys dominated us last year, but this season we came out on top on opening day. What do you think the keys are uh, looking forward to two weeks from now? Um, You know, I've said it a lot, and I know it's, it's like a baseball saying, football saying, but if you throw strikes and you put the bat on the ball, good things are going to happen. Um, if you walk guys, you know, and then you say you give up a home run there, that's two, three, four runs instead of if even if you let up a home run, it's only one run. So my biggest thing in this series is to command the zone, especially on the mound. Like, if I throw strikes, I feel confident enough that we can put the bat on the ball as well. And even if maybe the Mallards get a couple home runs or something like that, I feel like we can do the same as well. So my two, my biggest thing coming into this series is command the zone and hit my spots. I give you guys props, though. A lot of mentioned how Jack, like, this is a World Series of its own, beating them, um, its own mountain to climb. But in that post-game interview right away, the Eagles were Mallards next. Mallard, yeah. They were job <laughs> was, not finished. Job's not finished, which is cool to see after beating a team like the D-backs and a player like Jimmy Norp. So right then and there, I was behind the camera. I said, it's game time now, boys. It's on. Absolutely. Wasn't the opponent I thought I'd get, candidly speaking. And like I said, a few hours later, I realized it may have been a blessing because I think I was in my head too much about playing Jimmy and trying to beat Jimmy. But um, definitely there was some surprised faces in our Mallards group chat when I texted everybody saying that we're playing the Eagles, not the D-backs. I was surely surprised. We, I mean, of course, we. I think the whole league was – I told you, everyone was like, how did that happen? Yeah. Not the D-backs lose, but it was just a great overall team effort, I think. Were you surprised, Dallas? Be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a little bit, obviously. You know, playoff Jimmy is very tough to bet against. Um, how do you but, keep you that know, guy hitless? How do you approach him? How do I approach Jimmy? Um, you know, getting ahead in the count is huge. And, you know, kind of mixing up pitches as much as possible is definitely the best thing to do. You don't want to stick with one pitch because a team will just roll over that pitch. Like, if I just threw my drop all the whole the whole game, it would I I'd, I'd love seven runs easily. But I don't know. It's um, attacking Jimmy is just changing up everything in the arsenal and just keep him guessing. Kind of out. You gotta outthink the hitter. Think about what they're thinking is coming and kind of mix it around in that. Speaking of Jimmy, let's go back to game one. You go at him with two outs. Mm. And he's the winning run at the plate. Was that a team decision? Mm-hmm. A Dallas decision? What was the conversation like with manager? Dirty Daniel Schultz prior to that at bat. I'll I'll say this. Emphasis there was the never a doubt I was walking Jimmy there. Especially with Jonah Heath up to Wait, never a doubt you were walking him or were not walking him? I was never walking Jimmy. Never walking with him. With Jonah, Jonah up to bat and Jonah has good history against me hitting. There was no way I was I was putting Jimmy on. I was like, you know what? If you got you gotta beat him, you know. Uh, I'm going to Jimmy, you know. <laughs> Um, that's kind of what I said when we is, were talking is. about it. It is. 100%. I, I was saying that, you know, in, in that situation, it's like, you want to be, you want to be the guy to, to break through. Right. And, and overcome, uh, what has been the known in the past, 
you know, two seasons now mm-hmm. plus. So yeah, I'll I'll say if um if Jimmy did hit a three run bomb there and uh, I said I'll pitch to him, that would have looked really bad on camera. But I'm uh, <laughs> I'm very happy Jimmy did not uh, indeed do that. I mean that's what fans fans expect to see though that quote in that moment and then Jimmy take the next guy the next pitch deep. Oh yeah, they yeah. expect to see that. But mm-hmm. uh, you out, you outdid him there and props to you. Not saying you're like the better player now than Jimmy is. Me and Jack just did some overreactions where I was talking about that sort of thing. But um, yeah. It's cool. It's always cool to see the the underdog in this. Dallas is a great player, but yeah. seeing the underdog prevail is always cool in sports. I think. It's great in sports. Yeah. You, you love to see it. In you sports. absolutely love to see it. You love to see the Bears beat the Commanders on a Thursday. You, you'd love to. <laughs> you, you absolutely love to. Um, honestly, as a, as a Lions fan, we've been the underdogs for so long now. I don't know what to do with myself Neither going in all these games like favorite. <laughs> really it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. I'm used to I having feel like to I'm turn an alternate in the universe. Quarter. Yeah, it's just so bad. Yeah, and now I'm turning off in the second quarter because we're up by thirty, not because we're down by thirty. <laughs> it's so weird. But no, I'll never turn it off. <laughs> never turn it off. Um, yeah, just congratulations, Dallas. Uh, really proud of you and the Eagles. You guys are the youngest team in the league, and Dan's built a great squad, and I'm sure it feels good. So enjoy, yeah. enjoy the moment, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. We'll see if we can knock that smile off your guys' face. <laughs> uh, I I really hope you don't, Tom. Don't crush my hopes and dreams hey, going we, to Atlanta. We love a good series. We love a good series, but yep. I want to go to Atlanta too, Dallas. I mean, come on. Yep. I brought you this, we brought you into this world. I'm going to take you out. <laughs> take you out, Dallas. <laughs> it's going to be a great series, that's for sure. I'd, fighting we should go back and find the series to go to, get, to game three. That could be a cool. Pre- Who would win in a brawl? The Eagles or Mallards? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, let's say let's say we put the wiffle balls and the wiffle ball bats away, okay. and it was just just fists, just fists. Wow. Well, Jack, I've never been a fighter. I will say mm-hmm. that, I've never, and I yeah, think I would struggle to. You I mean, do have at, a look at you Dal- do have a fully grown man on your team. Look at though. I do, but look at Dallas's face. Could you hit that face? No, it'd be tough. I'd, I'd, have, to, I'd have to go body shot. Probably <laughs> it'd be tough to hit him in the face. It would definitely be tough to hit him in the face. <laughs> Dan's feisty, but I can't see Dan getting after it too much. I I can't imagine it being too good of a fight. I feel like it'd be a bit of a no. It would be it would be a pillow fight. For yeah, sure, I think it but, would be. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, think, I feel like I Robles Robles would just his competitive spirit would take I think over, and he would just yeah. I'd he, see. He would, I'd look. I'd he, like be scared to throw a punch. I look over and see Robles just going crazy. I'd be like taking right, on two eagles this. at yeah, one time. I guess we're doing yeah, this. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we never sense. have a brawl in MLW. But yeah. funny theory. That would be a good video, though. Funny. <laughs> that'd be good clickbait. <laughs> that would be Can't very good it. clickbait. Um, but in theory, it would be funny. But Dallas, once again, congratulations. Look forward to playing you in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll yeah. see you then. All right, thanks, thanks dude. Tom. Thanks for coming on the show. Always, pre- always a pleasure having you. Round of applause for him. Round of applause for him. All right, thanks again to Dallas Allen, and it is now time to get into this week's comment of the week, mm. and it's a short and sweet one from Bill Bush, and he says, "As a grown man, I'm embarrassed at how sad I was over the outcome." <laughs> I gotta say, Bill, there's no shame in that. No, that's why we play the games. That yeah, that's why we play the games. We play the games. We want to inspire fans that are passionate and want to see their teams win. You should and be sad. Absolutely. You absolutely. If you if you're not sad, that's embarrassing. I was impressed to see, and honestly happy to see. It's cool to see how invested everybody is uh, in the players and in the personalities of this league and the guys that make up MLW. But I expected to scroll down in the comments and the first thing to see, you know, the most like comments like, "Oh my God, the D backs lost. Dallas did it. What a game!" Blah blah blah. But most of the attention went to Michael Shima and the retirement, which I thought yeah. was cool. You know, that is cool. It, it, I think it's really cool, and I hope he reads them. All the kind words everybody said about how great of a career he had, what a good dude he is, how yeah. cool like their friendship has been on the on that team. End of an era, like we said, 
But uh, I just thought that was interesting to see in the comment section. Not what I expected to see at all. That is cool. I didn't get a chance yet to flip through the comments, but um, should be noted, should be shouted out that yeah, Michael's had a great career. Um, he's been a he's always been a pleasure to be around in every interaction I've had with him. Um, that whole team really, and yeah, he he will be missed. You could tell in the in the post game speech, it was a little it was emotional for him too. Yeah, for um, sure. So uh you hate you hate to see people uh you know who contribute so much to the channel and the program have to leave but Mm -hmm. it's life it is what it is Mm -hmm. and um yeah wish him the best of luck can't wait to see what's in store for him yeah i'm sure we'll keep in touch Um, yeah i know him and jimmy and jonah and that whole group will stay friends forever but like you said yeah you saw some emotion there i think it's a combination of things you know it's getting older and figuring out where you want to dedicate your time and what hobbies you want to spend time on and that sort of thing. And I think he's not only sad about retiring from MLW, you know, but you just, you realize about just chapters of your life that end, you know, whether it's yeah. playing with ball with his friends or, you know, come, spending time coming out and watching games or traveling on MLW trips and that sort of thing. And I'm sure a part of him still really wants to do that, but he's got other things to do now, whether it's school, work, family life, um, he has a girlfriend. So just things like that that force you to make tough decisions in life. So yeah, um, never be upset about him for it. You know, it sucks. You no, saw how upset no. he was. And uh, I think he was kind of on the fence about coming back this year, gave it another shot, and uh, was still a big factor in that DX team. Absolutely. And I think he's... Always will be. Always will be. And we're Re- going to miss retire, him. Retire uh, 31? Retire 31. He's 100%. 31, right? Put it in yeah. the rafters. We should retire 31. Put it, put it in the rafters. I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, Seema's been through a lot, and he's been a really good guy, good friend. and. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted anybody else playing shortstop in the D-backs the last few years. That's for no, sure. No, no. So glad to see that him get the love. I was also glad, too, to see him, even though I'm sure it was tough to kind of find those words and to talk about it uh, so candidly, I was sort of glad he did that in the video like that. I think it caught Kyle off guard a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if he would have did that in the off season, he probably wouldn't have gotten as good of a spotlight and as big of an audience to see that moment and to have the, to have the opportunity to share those words. Sure, maybe like an Instagram post with a quote or maybe a video that he posted, but... Um, I, I asked Jimmy if he knew who's going to do that post game if they lost, and he said no, he didn't. I didn't know he'd like break it right then and there. But I think, like I said, I think it was cool for him to have his moment to get that round of applause and then for the comment section to be filled. After an incredible playoff series and the biggest upset in recent history, Yeah, the comment section is all, we're going to miss Shima. That's pretty cool. I yeah, think. that is cool. I uh, I wasn't like ex- expecting that at all, Um, but I agree with you. I think it's very cool that he was able to to have a little platform there yeah, to do so it too. on well-deserved. So yeah, thanks again to Michael Shima for all his time and efforts and dedication to this league over the year represented us so well. It's been an absolute pleasure having him. We'll probably interview him on the pod. Hopefully if he's down to do it, I'd be happy we to should. have him on the show um, this off season. Sometimes we actually were going to have him on earlier this year and then schedules didn't work out, but it'd be cool to talk with him Definitely. Um, this winter season if he's available and up to it. So uh, we'll give him the opportunity. If he wants to come on, we'd, we'd gladly have him, but Overall, just a, a day full of highlights from the Eagles winning, Shima retiring, Jimmy losing just as big as the Eagles winning. Yeah. And uh, now it sets up a pretty exciting matchup of the Mallards Eagles opening day rematch in two weeks here. So, hype. Hype. We got the ALDS this Friday. Um, you guys already saw our predictions in the last video. All three of us, again, took the Preds. So all three of us went D-backs. All three of us were wrong. All three of us, me being being me, Jack, Jimmy, uh, took the Preds. Yep. We'll see if the Wildcats can shock the world. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, based on what's happened so far, we're probably in for a treat. We're probably in for a treat. In for a treat. <laughs> uh, in for a treat. 
And I'm excited for you guys to all experience that series once again this Friday at 4 p.m. And, of course, we do have the World Series being played live in person in Atlanta. Mm. Tickets being sold. I'll have it linked in the description below if you are unaware of that. But we'd love to see a ton of you guys out there. And uh, it's going to be an epic day for MLW and for the sport of wiffle ball. So we're very excited for that. Jack, thanks for coming over. Thanks again to Dallas for coming on the show this week. RJ Walgate is now 6'6", officially. We'll see you all next Tuesday.